Welcome back to the Green Zone. I'm Jamie Nye. All Request Friday. This one's from Jason in Saskatoon with a little bit of a story that goes uh, behind it. It's a song request, LMFAO. Every day I'm shuffling. For me, it's every day I'm shoveling. My kids want a snow castle. I build one every year. I thought I was going to get the year off, but we finally get the snow, and it's minus a million. My kids are waiting. My wife stays indoors where it's nice and warm, laughing her ass off at me while every day... I'm shoveling. That's it's a good dad right there, uh, making the snow castle for the uh, uh, the kids. So there's his request. Wonder if we could remake that song. Uh, of course, I don't sing except at karaoke during Christmas parties, but I don't sing uh, publicly. Um, so maybe we could uh, redo LMFAO's "Every Day I'm Shuffling" to "Every Day I'm Shoveling." which uh, we'll do a little bit of this weekend. Not as much as they'll do in Buffalo uh, for Wild Card Weekend as we continue our previews of the matchups. And next on the agenda is to preview the Green Bay Packers traveling to Dallas to take on the heavily favored Cowboys. Mike Spofford joining us of Packers.com. Mike, the Packers, I know they're big-time underdogs in this one, but... They're one of the hotter teams going into the postseason. Where is their confidence level at right now? I think the Packers are really confident. I mean, their 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 offense has has hit a completely different level. You know, sort of found another gear down the stretch compared to uh, compared to where they were earlier in the season. And and you know, Jordan Love, I think one of the most impressive things about him is he's been making it work. No matter who's been out there at receiver and tight end, as the Packers have dealt with a lot of injuries and guys being in and out of the lineup, it hasn't really mattered. Um, Love has been uh, has been moving the ball, putting points on the board. I mean, at, at a clip that uh, that the Packers weren't anywhere close to that earlier in the season. So they feel really good about the way their offense is playing. Um, the defense has certainly had its ups and downs throughout the course of the year, but the defense has played pretty well the last couple of weeks here, and they're hoping to carry that into uh, you know a tough environment down there in Dallas. I want to learn more about Jordan Love. You deal with him a lot uh, with the Packers uh, because, uh, of course, he was in the shadow of Aaron. He he was always talked about after all the drama that was going on with Aaron Rodgers. Um, what have we seen in the growth of Jordan Love now that he is the number one guy and a leader in that locker room? I think one of the biggest things you've seen uh, that all of us have seen is that he just uh, he just doesn't get bothered by anything. He you know he really is kind of a kind of an unflappable guy out there. I mean, there were some really rough moments offensively during the first half of the season, in particular, where not only were the Packers not scoring enough points. I mean, there were stretches of games where it was a struggle even just to get a first down. Um, and uh, um, but. Love never, you know, never seemed bothered by it. You know, obviously he's a competitor. He's not happy with the way things are going, but um, the way he kept his composure, he, you know, continued to lead the team. He was confident that, you know, the more they worked at it with the young receivers, the young tight ends, and 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 a couple of young offensive linemen in front of him as well, that that they were gonna they were gonna work their way out of this. And Matt Lafleur continued to express the same thing, and and. Um, I think his I think his leadership uh from that standpoint to uh you know to to stick with the guys um and and believe that they were going to come out the other side of it I I think he's uh I think he's earned a, a measure of respect from that locker room and and became a leader 
in that sense, not just because he plays quarterback, but because of the way he just conducted himself and, and the way he went about things. And, and, uh, and as they say, the hard work has paid off. The Packers have gotten to this point and, uh, and they're playing the type of offensive football everybody, uh, was hoping that they would play. Just nobody knew if it would quite happen yet this season, but it certainly has. Packers Cowboys is the matchup wild card weekend in Dallas. So Mike Spofford joining us from Packers.com with a preview. Oh, what do you see this team? Uh, is it Aaron Jones, the run game, being able to attack the Dallas Cowboys and try to keep that high-powered offense off the field as much as possible this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Aaron Jones is uh, is a huge part of this game. You look at you look at the last three weeks of the regular season. Jones has rushed for over a hundred yards. He's 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 dealt with a lot of injuries this season, but he is. He is back to as as fully healthy as uh, as he's been since week one, and this Packers offense is in another place. You know, partly because of that. Um, the last three weeks, Packers have averaged, I believe, it's 427 yards a game. You know, with Jones going over 100 yards each of those three games, and and three straight 100 yard games for a Packers running back that hasn't happened in 17 years. 2006 was the last time Amon Green was the last Packers running back to do that. So, um, Aaron Jones needs to be that kind of player for this Packers offense to be at his best. And then also what you alluded to, um, being able to control the ball, maybe limit uh, the possessions for Dak Prescott and that high-powered Cowboys offense. Um, that uh, that you know would certainly factor into things as as well because uh, the Packers defense has a really tough task against the Cowboys. And if the Packers can play a little bit of ball control, they'll be better for it. Yeah, who gets to draw C.D. Lamb? <laughs> well. I think the hope for the Packers is that it, that it would be Jair Alexander's assignment, except that uh, earlier this week in practice, uh, Alexander rolled his ankle, and he did not practice on Thursday and also did not practice today. I'm guessing that uh, you know that could be a, a game-time decision as to whether Alexander can go, and, and then you wonder if he can go, you know, is he going to be 100% or how close will he be to 100% on that ankle? So that's a new injury that cropped up this week, a really bad time for the Packers and for that particular matchup because uh, um, because it, it certainly screams out that uh, that the Packers need to have Alexander on lamb as much as possible but whether that uh, whether that can happen or not I don't really know uh, but you know Christian Watson might be coming back the receiver uh, had, a, had a great spell and then he went down uh, how big of an addition can that be? I think it can be important. I mean, uh, you know, Watson has missed a handful of games here at the end of the season with a hamstring injury, and if he is able to come back and play, I certainly don't see him playing, you know, 40 or 50 snaps right away after uh, after all the games that he's missed. But if he's able to come back, you know, on a limited basis and – and Matt LaFleur and the offensive coaches, you know, maybe have a, a package of plays that he can be involved in. And, uh, you know, they can put him out there in certain situations, see how the Dallas defense reacts to, uh, to his presence on the field and, and, and what routes, uh, he may be running. And then, uh, and then, you know, see what else the, the offense can do from there. So I think he's a guy. 
he's a guy that makes teams defend the Packers differently because he's just a different threat compared to the other players out there. And so if he can get out there and you get a certain reaction from Dallas, then maybe there that, that would open up another opportunity offensively. Uh, finally, Mike, uh, when you look at this Packers team, overall it's a pretty young team uh, with, with not a lot of playoff experience, of course, uh, because of last year. But they do have some guys who have been around a little bit. But overall against the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott and Tony Pollard and C.D. Lamb and uh, what they're up against, uh, when you look at this experience, how difficult will it be to have this learning curve happen at one of the biggest stadiums in America uh, with America's team on the other sideline with what's coming at them. Yeah, sure. I mean, I hear what you're saying and it's it's a it's a huge challenge. There there's no doubt about it. The one thing the one thing I would say about the Packers and and what they've done, you know, on the road this year as I said, there were a lot of there were a lot of tough moments early in the season. You know, they had a lot of crunch time drives on the road. Offensively, they needed to go down and get a score. They weren't able to do that. You know, so they they lost a lot of road games early. But on the road at Detroit on Thanksgiving with uh, with the Lions, you know that that was maybe one of the most anticipated Thanksgiving games the Lions have had in a long time. And uh, this young Packers team, it, with some guys injured, some key guys missing in that game, they rose to the occasion and really took it to Detroit. And then uh, just a couple weeks ago, uh, another another indoor stadium, loud venue, division rival, the Minnesota Vikings. Both teams were playing for their playoff lives there. Uh, the winner was going to stay alive in the wild card chase. The loser was going to be done. And... Um, the Packers really rose to the occasion there and uh, and took it to them. And so I think the, the combination of all those experiences on the road, the frustrations early when, uh, you know, when they couldn't quite get it done in crunch time, but then some of these late-season road games, you know, rising up and, and getting the job done, um, I think that all of that collectively, you know, has prepared the Packers, a young Packers offense, about as well as you could ask for uh, for going into a situation like this. How will they respond? How will they play? That's we'll just have to find out on Sunday. But I don't think uh, I don't think the atmosphere is something that's going to overwhelm these guys given what they've been through this year. Yeah, usually when I go through playoffs, uh, I look, usually look at the okay, how did they do against playoff teams? And hey, they beat the Rams, they beat the Lions, they beat the Chiefs this season. Uh, so why not the Dallas Cowboys uh, this weekend? Uh, Mike, thank you so much uh, for the preview. Uh, enjoy it. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Take care and have a good weekend. Mike Spofford from Packers.com here on the Green Zone. Coming up next, another Sasky Spotlight with Britton Gray on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Jamie Nye with the year of the Green Zone on this Friday afternoon. Hope you're having a decent day, uh, despite the uh, cold temperatures outside. And, of course, we'll bring you up to date all weekend long here on CJME and CKOM on any weather alerts and notifications you need to know. Each and every week here on the Green Zone, we bring you a Sasky Spotlight, putting the spotlight on Saskatchewan athletes on the Green Zone. And this week, Britton Gray takes you to Martin Collegiate in Regina on one athlete who's doing as much away from the game to help out her school. Mackenzie Bjornsson has taken on many responsibilities at Martin Collegiate. 
Not only is the grade 11 student the skip of the senior girls curling team, she's also an athletic trainer at the school and helps officiate games. I didn't know what I was going to get myself into and just decided to take the risk. At the beginning, it was definitely hard to manage all of the time and my schoolwork as, long as, well, as well as doing all of these other things, but I've been doing it for so long that I just figured it out and made it work. Athletic director Krista Price is ecstatic that she has taken the challenge on. Mackenzie came into my homeroom class in grade nine and I pushed her into helping out around here just because she was one of my kids that always showed up and I was always on time and very reliable and she's now my go-to uh, with every sport around here really. She has been really impressed with Bjornsson's ability to help no matter what that sport is. She can pick any sport up which for me I think is brilliant like any any, like she's never played volleyball on a team, and she just picks the sport up to um, to officiate. And same with basketball; like it's really hard, and it's a fast sport, and there's lots of coaches yelling and screaming. And she's calm, and she's wonderful. And on the ice, Bjornsson has turned into quite the skip for the school. She and her rank are currently in second place in the Regina High School Athletic standings with a 4-2 record. Her club team also finished the under-18 provincials last month with a 2-3 record. I kind of knew that I wanted to be like active since I was a kid. I've always tried everything. Um, my parents put me in a lot of different sports growing up just to find what I liked because I did it and then found I didn't like it, but curling was one that I really stuck with. Price is proud of the accomplishments Bjornsson has had on the ice so far. She's only in grade 11, like we can't wait till next year and we'll see where she goes. And when it comes to Martin, she's glad to have someone at the school who she can count on no matter what sort of issues may arise. Really appreciate her and the time she puts in around here and she's a kind of a humble she just kind of slides in and you don't sometimes you don't even know that she showed up but she's always here. It's priceless. She there's there's no one like her around here and anytime I need her she I always have to I ask her first. She's my go-to. For the green zone, I'm Britton Gray. There's another Sasky spotlight from Britton Gray on Mackenzie Bjornson uh, doing some great things of course. Those are the types of people you need in sports, you need in high school sports, other sports out there, the people that are willing to step up to ref or coach do some athletic therapy, but a heck of an athlete uh, herself and Mackenzie Bjornsson as we continue here on the Green Zone. Jamie and I with you here on the Green Zone. Thanks for spending some of your Friday with us. Okay, before we get to football, real quick. I've been on this for a while now. The NHL loophole when it comes to salary cap. And what have I said about the Toronto Maple Leafs next year? My money's on John Tavares taking a hit and going, Oh, my goodness. Something's aching. Uh, put me on long-term injured reserve so it doesn't count against the salary cap and I'll be ready to go for game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs like a miracle from the heavens. It happened with Nikita Kucherov uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. You'll remember. It happened with Mark Stone last year with the Vegas Golden Knights. The latest $7 million cap hit. Captain of the Colorado Avalanche, Gabriel Landeskog, has not played at all this season. The story was he might miss the entire year. 
Will Gabriel Landeskog. Guess who came back to practice for the first time and might be ready for the playoffs? Gabriel Landeskog of the Colorado. Amazing how that happened. I hope he is. He's a great player. Um, hope he's all healed up. But isn't it amazing that just game one of Stanley Cup playoffs, here I am, ready to go. playing at 100%. I'll never forget Nikita Kucherov coming back. Oh, what's he going to look like? He was amazing. Like he didn't miss a day. Uh, so look for that for Colorado Avalanche. All of a sudden they have $7 bucks back on the books uh, for a team that's over the salary cap this season. What were they over? Their total salary all in. About $8 million over. Uh, so $7 million helped uh, for Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, now, he was dealing with an injury, and he's dealing with injuries, That, it, but is it any surprise that he might be ready uh, for the Stanley Cup playoffs? It's a loophole. They're allowed to do it. But that's why I say look for John Tavares or someone on the Leafs to take a hit next year for the team. But be ready for the playoffs because salary cap doesn't count. Uh, when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. You can have as much money on the books as possible uh, for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Okay, NFL Wild Card Weekend begins tomorrow. Uh, Chad in Esther Hazy. Okay, here are my... Well, it's, Cleveland's not an upset. They're the favorite, actually, against Houston. But are you picking Houston or Cleveland? Cleveland, end of points, minus two. Love it. How far are the Browns going to go? To the AFC Championship game. They're going to beat the Ravens next week, too. They're built to beat the Ravens. That team's built for that team. And you're still on the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl. Um, I totally would not be shocked. I got a lot of back them all year. Um, yeah. Like, uh, Tom, Tom went to the Super Bowl multiple times, obviously, and his teams weren't always the same. There was years where that defense carried them, and there was years when Tom carried them. Uh, so now we just need, you tell me, like, the, he's not relying on the, in a one score game late. Patrick can't score a touchdown, and that defense can't hold anybody to, like, 17 points, 14 points, and win. Anyways. I got too many points this week though, and they're already up to five. I grabbed them at three. Now at Kansas City minus five in a in a in a snowstorm is probably a a pass for me. Okay, for yeah. I I I, I want to know this with the how much does weather impact Lock. the betting side of it? Like, will you, does anybody want to bet on Buffalo and Pittsburgh now with like? A s- absolute snowmageddon coming their it, way. It, does, it affects a lot. It's, it, it, it's uh, if they play the game at Sunday on Sunday, it's um, Pittsburgh plus ten. If they play it on another day, I'll take Buffalo minus ten. But it affects it that much. It's uh, absolutely who I will pick because either way, good weather, bad weather. I got Pittsburgh, and if they play well, scoring like ten points max against Buffalo. So now it's, I look at it as how many is Buffalo going to score? Well, in a snowstorm, to cover the spread, they've got to score like 21. I don't think in the weather that they're predicting the Buffalo Bills are going to score 21. They probably score 17, handily win 17 to 9 or something, but that doesn't cover. It's 14, 14, 6, something like that, some goofy score like that. So the weather is huge. And when it's that kind of weather, and the same in, 
in Kansas City, I don't like all the points now. Miami plus five, and you know. So who do you who do you like in a game in bad weather? Oh, the team that runs the ball. Well, Miami runs the ball way better than Kansas City does. That's an advantage for Miami. Everybody's talking about how they won't play good in the cold. That weather for this matchup, eighty degrees, sunny, no wind. Kansas City beats them all day, every day. The only chance Miami has is a bad weather game and running the ball because they got two good running backs and they can run it. So, anyways, I still like KC, but there's too many points. Green Bay's the... That's your dog game. of the week, isn't it? Well, I don't know if they win outright, but there's they can. They can win outright, but all I know is the, with the people I associate with, all the betting groups, uh, that's their... Green Bay plus seven and a half is the most professional money bet game bet ticket in the world. Every professional that gets Green Bay seven and a half or more is putting large sums of money on Packers plus seven and a half. Dak Prescott in his career at home against a spread in the playoffs, 0 and 4. Dallas Cowboys, when they allow 21 points or more, 1 and 5 straight up this season. Do you think Green Bay can score 21 points against them? I do. The way they're playing that offense, like Jordan Love. I, I think he has been one of the least appreciated stories in football this year after all the garbage he had to deal with with Diva Rogers around and every offseason this, that, and the other thing and complaining about being drafted Jordan Love. And this young man has grown and developed into, what is he, two-time Offensive Player of the Week in the NFC the last two yeah. weeks? Uh, one of the best passers in the NFL over the last you know two months of football? I am cheering for Jordan Love this weekend. All the pressure's on Dallas. No pressure on Green Bay. They're free-rolling into that game. They're playing with house money. And uh, I'm with you on the I like the Rams outright win. Better coach, better quarterback, more weapons. The Laporta injury is way larger than anybody gives you credit to. Sam Laporta's Jared Goff's safety blanket. He's like his number one target on third downs. Him not playing is huge. And then, Although I think he, he did was, practice today, didn't he? I think he was a yeah, limited participant. He won't be 100%. Maybe he plays, but that's a huge player for them. And uh, Eagles, Bucks, is, uh, I think Eagles roster is too good to not win that game, but if they lose, you know where I'm going, if they lose, and you guys think I'm crazy, these guys, this is a team that moved off of Andy Reid after seven straight NFC Championship games, fired Doug Peterson after winning a Super Bowl, Shane Steichen, that not the Eagles are the biggest fraud. Shane Steichen is the biggest fraud coach in the NFL. This guy rode the easiest schedule, not last year the easiest strength of schedule period, the second easiest schedule in the history of the NFL since they've been keeping track of strength of schedule. Then they went to the playoffs and they had to beat Daddy Dimes at home and the 49ers with a running back and a wide receiver throwing passes for them. That's what they had to do to get to the Super Bowl. And the next year, Shane Steichen's gone, and he get, almost gets Gardner Minshew to the playoffs, and um, they will move on. They, so you think Sirianni's out? Who replaces Nick Sirianni? There's reports in Philadelphia, man. There's reports that if he does not win this week, he is gone. And if he is gone, and you, you guys even mentioned it with some of your guests, Bill doesn't want to rebuild. Bill Belichick, but that team, he's in the Super Bowl next year, baby. <laughs> you take that ego, he's there. Check the Eagles if they lose this weekend. That's that's money. Chad, I always appreciate you talking NFL with us here on the Green Zone. Enjoy a super wild card weekend, man. You too. We'll see what happens. Bill and Philly would be amazing. It would. It really would. 
it, <laughs> uh, but uh, Philadelphia, they're a loss. And, oh, my goodness, did you hear the news about the Philadelphia Eagles, ladies and gentlemen? Huge impact on today on the football game on Monday night. A.J. Brown, their star receiver, deleted all Philadelphia Eagles material off his social media. Just cleaned it out. Nothing referring to the Philadelphia Eagles is any longer. All the pictures, all the tweets, all the Instagram posts, all of it. Deleted everything to do with the Philadelphia Eagles going into this weekend's game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's why Britain is taking Tampa Bay. But as Chad said, I, that's where I'm siding with Philadelphia. It's like just, just with Kelsey and Lane Johnson on the offensive line and Hurts, even though he's got a finger issue. DeAndre Swift has been pretty good running the ball. I wish they'd give him more time in the red zone. But of course, with the tush push, they just push Jalen Hurts into the end zone. AJ Brown as a receiver, uh, Dallas Goddard. As a tight end, their defense has stars. Like that's you look at it and you go, Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to beat the defending NFC champions. Seriously? I don't, I that'd be a huge win for Baker. I'd feel good for Baker Mayfield, who got a little bit of a raw deal with the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns this year, if he was the quarterback of the Browns. I think the Browns would be just as good. They had to go get Joe Flacco, but no, they went after Mr. Massage Therapy, uh, Deshaun Watson, and gave him $250 million, all guaranteed. And it's Joe Flacco who's leading them in the playoffs. They were good with Deshaun Watson this year. Don't get me wrong. They were good with Deshaun Watson. But Joe Flacco is doing just as well, which is a pretty good indicator of why that team is doing well. Sometimes it's just as much as the pieces around the quarterback as it is the quarterback. Don't get Britain started on Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers. But coming up next here on the Green Zone, champs and chumps. But who you got for wildcard weekend? One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. And a reminder: if you do want to place a bet on football uh, this weekend. Uh, we're in the playnow.com studio. You have to be 19 plus and use your game sense, of course. Uh, but everything you can bet on in the National Football League you want, it's there. Uh, playnow.com slash SK. Uh, please gamble responsibly. This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You two are winners, big winners. I think you're shagadelic, baby. You're switched on. You're smashing. You tried your best. And you failed miserably. The only thing I'm addicted to right now is winning. You're an idiot. Ah, you're a bad person. Each and every day, one champ and one chump. The chump on the green zone. If you are somebody who complains about the Canadian Football League schedule, saying why do they play their most important games of the season in November when the weather's away, they should move the schedule up, but say nothing about what's happening this weekend in Kansas City and Buffalo that why does the National Football League play their games in an even worse part of the season, being January, in Buffalo? The weather's better in November in Buffalo than it is in January. Just check it out. But, okay, if you're one of those people who always complain about the CFL, CFL's a joke, they play their big games in November and it's a gross, but say nothing about the NFL schedule and their January games that are going to be 
gross in Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, you're Trump. You're the Trump. A champ, Jordan Love of the Green Bay Packers today. As he's getting ready for the biggest game of his life, his first start in the NFL playoffs, you imagine how focused you are on that moment, driving to and from the stadium? He was a good Samaritan today. Young lady put their car in the ditch, and he helped get her out of it. Pushed her out of the snowbank. Is where she didn't really know it was Jordan Love. And Oh, you're a Green Bay fan? He's like, I play for the team. Oh, what's your name? I'm Jordan Love, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. Uh, he's the champ. Good Samaritans. This time of year, we need more good Samaritans helping people boost their cars, all that other stuff. Uh, be like Jordan Love, uh, the uh, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, our champ on the Green Zone.